0: Hey, Senda.
1: Hey, Phil.
0: Do you you have a moment to fit a little character scene in the middle of this uh, big ass combat that we're Uh, having?
1: Do you do you have a book about like character scenes that you would like me to read? Are you evangelizing the character scenes? Have
0: I told you about our Lord and Savior, the character scene? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this intro is taking a weird turn. Cue music. Oh no. Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil.
1: And I'm your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, we got a message from Carlos. And before we even read it, I firstly have to apologize, Carlos, because I'm pretty sure that a catacomb, which you were asking us about in this question is this weekend that we are recording this episode. So by the time you hear it, you'll probably be home from said Akatakon. So I hope that you and everybody else who made it to Akatakon had an awesome time and that everybody is safe and
0: healthy. Also, as a gentle reminder, sending us time-sensitive stuff with a <laughs> game topic is Dangerous. almost never a way to get us to answer it. Um, I would. Well,
1: no, I would just say we're really bad at time sensitive topics. Put,
0: put, put like the words time sensitive, like in your (laughs) like message. That will help us greatly because what happens is. Sometimes when we get these, well, actually for all of them, when we get them, we throw them into an archive, and then we pick through them. That's how I pick through to pick the topics um, each week for the show. But what happens is sometimes <laughs> you all ask a question that has a kind of you know time sensitive nature to it, and what we've done is thrown your message into a bucket
1: with everything uh, else. Yeah. Yes.
0: Which at some <laughs> point we come back around. So we don't always do an awesome job on that. So we apologize, Carlos. Sorry. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, I hope um, it went well. Hope a catacon went well.
0: Okay, great. Um, that aside, Carlos does have a question for us for today.
1: Yes. So Carlos's message reads, I'm a game designer and I am playtesting my first game. First aside from me, Senda, congratulations. Awesome. Glad to hear it. I want to bring it to a catacon, and, you know, Here's the catacomb. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm sure it was the right one. If you were there this weekend. Also, ah, first game in public. Yes, that's big feels too. Um, instead of asking, just asking a really simple question. I feel like I should throw up. Uh, <laughs> I should also throw one in that you could use for the podcast. Yes, please. Um, although feel free to make the two minute podcast on the one above. No, we, we didn't because we didn't do it in time because it was this last weekend. Um, So here's the actual question. I have started running Gamma World after doing a lot more PBTA character-based games. I'm enjoying the return to hack and slash, but what are some ways that you could incorporate character beats into more action-based games? Also, I love your podcast. It's one of my favorites since I have started gaming again. Sincerely, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos. I love reading those parts out loud. They make me like warm.
0: Hopefully, like, despite the fact that we were so, um, we didn't so, answer the question.
1: <laughs> so very We elite. still
0: remain one of your favorites. Hopefully, um, you will
1: forgive us. <laughs> yeah, if we fall
0: a notch or something because of that, we understand. We understand, um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So cool. Um, this is actually... Uh, a place where we do actually have some good experience um because I run a host of different games <laughs> and many of them right now um but uh no, we actually uh do this where I am playing some more action oriented games and still working in those character elements so we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk about that uh today uh, but I think first we should make up some definitions here,
1: yep, probably.
0: Okay, so yep. I um let's I, I want to avoid the obvious two definitions for this kind of topic is story games versus traditional games, but I want to just not yeah. I, I often find that those two terms wind up being less helpful um, and more um uh, what you call it
1: is kind of a stereotype,
0: a little divisive, of, right? Yeah. Is that the word I am looking for? Right? Sure. Like, yeah. Okay. So what I do want to do is I want to talk about action oriented versus character driven
1: yeah okay
0: cool and and so we'll define action oriented as games whose mechanics setting and core loop are driven by action whether that's combat whether that is um, heists Uh, Something of that nature, right, where where what the characters do, like when you play this game, like you fight things or you steal things. Right. And and action is like the big part of the game. Yeah. Okay. Character driven games then are. Well, not that right. Character driven games are where the core loop, the mechanics and the setting are ones where character interactions, be it character character or character NPC interactions um, are the primary focus of the game.
1: Yeah. And I'm, so I'm going to jump in just for clarity and comparison's sake. That doesn't mean you couldn't have a character driven game about heists. It just means that the, the core loops of the game are about the characters instead of about the fact that you're doing the heist. Right.
0: Right. So in all things, again, nuance, right? Like let's, let's not, we're not absolute absolutists here, but When we do these shows, it is sometimes convenient to kind of deal with the um, extremes because it's easier to see, right?
1: Yes, the two ends of the spectrum that is character-driven to action-driven, right? We're going to just go all the way to both ends.
0: But to be clear, by the time we're done with this, we're going to show you how to take an action game and move it back towards the middle.
1: Into the scale, yep.
0: Exactly. Okay, so keep those two things in mind, character-driven, action-oriented or action driven we can just use the same action driven character driven very that nice.
1: makes sense yes conveniently
0: let's do that. neat and uh, <laughs> neat and tidy okay so like let's talk about a few games that um where this plays and doesn't right so like something like Monster Hearts is yes. very much more a character driven style game
1: very much yes <laughs>
0: So there's certainly some games that are character oriented, like Monster Hearts, like Urban Shadows. This isn't to say that they don't have conflict, combat or anything like that. But the primary loop of the game is that you go around um, socializing, talking to people, investigating things, that kind of thing. Right. Um, as opposed to something more like um, Cyberpunk Red where the primary loop of that game is to um, to do jobs. Um, the uh, Sprawl is a PBTA game that is also actually centered around doing, um, doing jobs. And so is Blades in the Dark. Although Blades in the Dark, and we'll talk about this, has a place in it um, where it makes room for character stories.
1: Structures it in, yeah.
0: Structures it in. Okay. And so... That's what we're going to go for. Is we're going to talk about these uh, um, character-driven games and these action-driven games, and how to get some of that character stuff back into your action-driven game. Okay, so our own personal experience on this um, is that in our Cortex game, Long Live the Queen, that game is not exactly a character driven game like it could have been right because cortex is the kind of game where as you pick what components you want if we had leaned heavier into relationships and things like that the game would have been very much more character driven Um, but actually we have like a whole host of other um, actions in that game um, for sneaking and for sabotaging things and fighting things and so it's a little more action oriented in fact our core loop of the game is uh, mission based
1: yes yeah,
0: and sometimes those missions are social.
1: Sometimes they are. Sometimes, and sometimes
0: they're action.
1: Sometimes you got to get the queen out of London, um, on her private jet before you know the 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 Scottish English, rebels the Scottish rebels take over the um, castle castle.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also I'm running, I am running Cyberpunk Red, which um is a, We'll talk about it as we get into the episode more. It is weirdly uh, wants to be about character stuff, but by rulebook and core loop is really an it's action not. game. <laughs> yeah, it is this really weird dichotomy where it wants to be one thing and it's another. And I'll tell you another game that is absolutely like this is Vampire. Yeah. The original, I'm going to go with V20, what is it, V20 or whatever. Sure. The original vampire game very much wanted to be a game of social stuff but the rules lean towards like punching things in the face yeah Um, it's kind (laughs) of a it's a weird game in that like the more social you make the game kind of the less you need the game like you need the mechanics of the game kind of thing at least that is my take on it if you are like some diehard vampire fan do not yell at us Um, that is how I ran it in the 90s okay All of that said, let's talk about what character driven games do in order to make for good character driven elements in a game. I am like completely off my game. I am just stumbling through everything at this point.
1: It's really okay. So for today's show, we're going to define, we are defining a character beat, right?
0: Sure. But we, I think we're expanding on that, right? We went, we went from, we went further we went further from there. A character beat, which is what Carlos was talking about is like putting um a scene or part of a scene that's character oriented right into um into the game, right? And these are typically dramatic, right? they conversational based, interaction based, drama based. Yes. Okay.
1: The the things that are juicy and delicious that I love from the character based games.
0: 100%, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um cool. So
1: in a, a game that is character driven um they usually do a good job this is how they drive the character beats right they usually do a good job of structuring their games to accomplish both character beats and to push sort of the character stories forward, right? Um, so what we're going to talk through for today's show is um, some of the ways that they do that so that you can take that and implement some of those things in a more action-oriented, action-driven game, right? So here are the ways that we have filtered and, and, and um, compressed these ideas down into, right? Mm-hmm. The first one is that they create dramatic elements of character background, Right. So that there are like cool ways in which you connect to the setting and the plot. All those things you have stuff to hook into for character plots.
0: This also is a place um, from your background that gives the GM the uh, p- the story potential yeah. to come up with storylines um, and NPCs and things like that for you to interact with.
1: Mm hmm. Um, the second one is creating linkages between characters and NP and between characters and NPCs. Right. So having relationships. Because if we don't have any relationships, it's hard to pull on them.
0: So, so I think what you were stumbling through because I wrote it so poorly, <laughs> is okay. creating linkages between characters and, and between characters and NPCs.
1: Yes. That is what I was trying to spit out for sure. Yeah. Um yes. Do you want to do the third one?
0: Sure. Um, The third one is creating mechanics for character beats and scenes. And remember in the Misdirected Mark um, dictionary, mechanics is broken into two pieces, which is mechanisms that is like rolling dice and rules and procedures, which is like the flow of the game, setting of scenes and things like that. So when we bundle those together, that's what we mean by mechanics. So create game mechanics for character beats and scenes. And um, like I said, this can either be through specific mechanisms, like maybe there's a move for when you have a conversation or maybe there's a particular um, part in the structure of how the game is run where you have character interactions, right, mechanism or procedure. Mm -hmm. Lastly, these kinds of games build character beats into the core loop of their game, right? The core loop of the game has these kind of interactions built into them. So think of something like Hill Folk. Um, Hill Folk um, is a game that, you know, emulates dramas and centers a lot around interactions. You know, depending on what setting you're playing will change the flavor. But what you do in the game is basically the same regardless of the setting.
1: Yeah. Cool. So for some of our more action-oriented games to move them on that spectrum that we were talking about, what we need to do is get some of the things that we were just talking about, those four different points, into that action-oriented game to slide it a little bit more into the middle of that scale, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to look at those four things and then we're going to talk about the ways that we can work them into our games. And then we're going to assume for the purposes of this conversation, obviously, that you're probably playing something more action driven and less character driven. Um, So so what you're trying to do is sort of add that character driven stuff more into the game.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cool. Okay, so let's start with create dramatic elements of a character background, right? So many action-oriented games have very little or non-existent uh, mechanics for background, character backgrounds, Um, you know, roll up a character, pick some stats, equipment, you know, your powers and off you go. But not a lot about, like, who this character is, where they came from.
1: You're probably, in an or- and, you know, an orphan and you just met everybody in an inn. That's-
0: sure. Well, I mean, that's what everybody <laughs> tends to do, right? Or they just don't have a background, or it right? it just and doesn't you just- exist, yeah. Right. Okay. Now, I don't, and again, um, action-oriented games tend not to put an emphasis on this because another game which does not put a big emphasis on this um, is Dungeon World. Mm-hmm. Dungeon World doesn't actually delve too much into your character background. It will in a second. It'll it has things for the second thing we're about to talk about, which is linkages. But for character background, it does not. Now, oddly, going back to that kind of weird dichotomy of Cyberpunk Red, Cyberpunk Red actually has an elaborate system for creating character backgrounds. (laughs) It's life path system, which generates a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't then it then you have to like figure out what to do with it in your action oriented game.
1: Yeah, and I just I'm going to throw this in right here right now. If you want to hear what that sounds like from a character creation standpoint, you can actually hear Phil and I creating Cyberpunk Red characters on the character creation cast. It's a, a little ways back. You have to go. But Ryan into and the Amelia. Dialogue. But yeah, um, so it's really interesting because so we played through that, and there is a lot of life path stuff.
0: It's and it's fun. It there, is. There, it was it's cool. Fun. Yeah, it's fun to roll on. Yeah, it's just weird. There's like a like you you hop the curb sure in that game when like when you switch from making characters to playing the game <laughs> um and what i mean by that is and there's nothing and i like cyberpunk red plenty But the GM's gotta do a little extra work and it's gonna sound a lot like what we're talking about here to do something with all of that background because these players come out with a tremendous background, but that's not exactly how the game is structured. So you need to work it in. So that's what we're gonna talk about. All right, let me tell you that if your game does not have um, any kind of character background system, how to make one up. I um this is inspired by um one of the um pivotal games of my youth, Amber, the diceless role-playing game. In Amber, in the GM section, there is a thing that is called 20 questions, where there's just like 20 questions you ask the the players about their characters. And some of the some of the questions are serious and some of them are whimsical. But the idea is by sitting around and asking these 20 questions and having everybody answer them that by making up answers everybody gets to know their character a little better and then from the gm perspective from those questions you can then mine it for potential story ideas npcs things like that ways to connect them to your existing plot all that stuff so those things are great um 20 questions is um relatively easy to do right 20 questions right where did you grow up um you know uh, do you have an enemy? Things like that. Now, the kind of advanced version of this is, and again, Amber was written in the early '90s. Don't ask questions like "Do you have an enemy?" Right? Yeah, because they, can, the, be like, they yes. can answer. Well, they can answer no.
1: <laughs> right. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they can just answer you wanna, no. You want to ask. Who is your enemy? Yeah. Right.
0: So we have done, and we haven't done one in a while. Might be but time to done dig past it up shows, again. Yeah. Right. We've done past <laughs> shows on um, leading questions. Right. Write your twenty questions with leading questions. Right. So if we're, um, you know, if we're doing Carlos's Gamble World game, right, a leading question could be like, um, "What in the wasteland?" is antagonizing your village
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right not is something right because is (laughs) is is has is can be answered with no but no no
1: yeah we're having a great time nothing's nothing out there you know
0: yeah exactly who do you encounter on a routine basis in the wasteland that you are on good terms with Mm -hmm. like oh there's a traitor who comes through blah 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 okay So by making 20 questions and I don't look, it doesn't have to be 20 questions. It's a tradition for me. I used to do 20 questions in other games um, just because I loved it from Amber. It could be 10 questions, whatever. Um, But this this thing, which you can drop into any game and you could drop it in a character creation or honestly, you could drop it in even a few sessions. in. this is how you're going to build out some backgrounds.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think of, um, in Children of the Shroud, I, I'm just using a bunch of these examples because I know that you can find them and listen to them if you want to. In Children of the Shroud, one of the things that Phil did, and I'm calling him out for being awesome on this, is, um, asked our Slack channels for questions to ask the characters. Right, mm-hmm. um to help fill all of that stuff out, and I don't think that you necessarily use those as a character creation um point, but you have been continuing to use those to continue to develop a plot and story and connection from the characters to the setting that they're in, right?
0: Yeah, 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 and I've used them as a little like to flesh out background stuff and things like that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, lastly, there are some life path, um, products out there. I don't know any off the top of my head that are like out in publication, but sometimes you can find like generic life path kind of things that you could use to, to roll up. And if you find one of those on drive-thru, um, that will also help you get this character background. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So what's our second one?
1: Yeah. The second one is creating linkages between the characters themselves and between the characters and NPCs in the setting right? So this is about relationships. Now we did backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Now we're at relationships. So sometimes the questions that you answer in character backgrounds start answering questions about relationships as well. I will call upon our Cyberpunk Red um, experience on the character creation cast again, because you can go hear it if you want to. Um, But through going through our life paths and the decisions that we made, um, going through those life paths, we also discovered that we were like basically a traveling road show, right? I, I hesitate to say band because no one else was into the musical parts except for me. It was me. like an
0: artist. Yeah, It was an like an artist, artist in the entourage, entourage,
1: right? Like, and we learned that and we kind of learned what everybody's roles were in that particular situation by answering a lot of just our background questions and then leaning in on the fact that we wanted to be, you know, in the same place and have a reason to talk to each other. So, um, so just a good, a place that you can go hear that, right? But if you want to just implement that, um, you know, in any game, you can always ask people how they know each other.
0: Yeah. Um, you can also do this. Um, you could bake this into your 20 questions.
1: You could, yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> you could, you could bake into your 20 questions. Um, these kinds of questions that are like, who in this group is you know, your best friend or who in this group, uh, do you have tension with dot, dot, dot. And why?
1: Who, who in this group are you related to and how, um, Exactly. who once betrayed you that you have never forgiven over that small thing 10 sure. years ago at the Thanksgiving table, <laughs> you know, whatever it yeah. is. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you want a good way to create group dynamic, um, with, uh, with a tool Instead of having to make up the questions on your own, although you can absolutely make up these questions on your own, um, you can check out the background story cards by Galileo Games, right? Highly
0: recommend, highly recommend.
1: They're specifically designed to create background with connections between PCs, um, as well as creating some NPCs as you go to. And they will call out, I know that um, James D'Amato actually has a card game deck for this as well. Um, And uh, Decima does a lot of this relationship building and tying to the setting, honestly, um, for character to background stuff um, and story development, but Decima from Golden Lasso Games, I will also call out is very fun. Um, Very cool way to do it. So there's a lot of options out there for creating linkages and a lot of them blend together both the character linkages and then linking to the the story and setting. Um, But there's super cool ways to implement this um, at your table without having to think about it too hard in terms of setup on your part as the GM, right? Mm-hmm. In the absence yeah. of all of those, of course, you can do this with homemade questions, right? You can, you can think up the questions yourselves. Um, and the, the key is you just need to make the questions, um, things that will grab one more than one character, right? So it might be two people, it might be three people, it might be everybody, whatever it is, but things that will force um, the players to create specific relationships with another actual character, whether a real person or an NPC. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Good. So we've got background. Mm-hmm. We've got relationships. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um let's dive in and talk about the third one.
1: Yes. A big um, one. <laughs> which is
0: create mechanics for character beats and scenes. Yeah. Um, so this one gets a little trickier because now we're getting into like homebrewing. Yeah. Right. Um, which let me talk about the homebrewing part first and let me talk about a way to do it without homebrewing. So um, if you're into homebrewing and you like making up rules for your games, some people do, some people don't. Right. So um, if you're not a homebrewer, um, wait for another few minutes. We'll get to the non-homebrew part. But if you like homebrewing, here's an idea. So um, if you want to make up a little thing to create your um, story beats, like, you know, you want to push towards um, story beats in your game, you can build some mechanics that take advantage of the two things that we just talked about, relationships and background, right? Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do this is to tie it to some kind of advantage, right? So the simple mechanic is like when you tap into your relationship or when you tap into your background, uh, gain a bonus. OK, like this is going to be your framework. Right. Um, and we'll put some details into these in a second. What is your bonus is going to depend on your game system. Right. If your game system has something like an advantage role, then your bonus is advantage. And if your game system does things like, oh, for instance, if you have the right tools for the job, gain a plus two to your role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: then it's a plus two. It's
1: a plus two, yep.
0: Right. If you look in your rules, you will see what the rules consider giving a bonus to whatever your mechanic is. Okay.
1: Yep. It could be a Benny. There's right. lots it could of be Benny, Benny. It could, Yep, Yep. Could get be a fate
0: point. Yep. Could, yeah. Right. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever that bonus is, um, plug the bonus in on the, output side and on the input side, decide from background and or relationships what you want to see in the game, right? So um when you share a moment with another character in, you know, in the middle of a scene, in a scene or in the middle of combat or whatever, then gain an advantage, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you can... That's that's the equivalent of bonds. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you want to be like, hey, when you have a moment and you flash back to something in your background and tell you know a story or something about your character, gain your you know gain your Benny. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's like a little homebrew framework for um, pulling in that material, right? Because you created, you had everybody create that material. You now give it a mechanic to like pull it into the game and a mechanic that the players can um, can use to gain mechanical advantage at a later point in the game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that the key thing here being that there is a reward for acting on the bonds and, and relationships and backstory that you created. Because the right. thing about role-playing games just kind of generally is that if you're playing by the rules, then the thing that you're doing is playing into the things that the game rewards you for doing. So if you make it so that your game now rewards them for doing the thing you want them to do, having that in-character interaction um, about, you know, the tension or, or whatever that, you know, background is, um, they are more likely to do it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that's um for me, that's my favorite way to do these things. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's my favorite way to do these because what I what I'm looking for, right? What I want, um, what I want to have happen in the game. It's nice when stuff in the game um just happens intrinsically, like somebody has a moment with another character. Sure. Um, but when they happen and have mechanical mechanical benefit um is great, right? The mechanic for clearing conditions in um Masks. public access.
1: Oh, public access, yeah. Keep in going.
0: public access is to um have a nostalgic moment with somebody. Yeah. Cool. Uh, in um hydro hackers, the way to clear conditions was to share water. Yeah like sit and have a drink with somebody, share water, and clear a condition. Yeah. Okay. So that is our homebrew way, right? Our homebrew way is like you could make up some rules, introduce them to your players, and like, you know, and go forward. Now, again, some people don't like doing that. So that's okay. You don't have to do that. The other thing you can do here is go through your game and look at what other things does your game do? Now, your game may have like 60 pages of, you know, mutations and combat rules and maybe only a few pages of skills, but are there skills for non-action things, right? Is there a barter skill? Is there a negotiation uh, convincing people skill? Whatever those are. If there are, then you can um, make sure that those based on how you're running your game, get also pulled into play, right? So let people negotiate for stuff because that is um, something they're going to do that involves some character interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, that's that's the other thing you can do in the game is like quick, go through your skill list and be like, which ones of these skills are things that will work in character scenes and then make sure those happen in the course of your game. Okay. Cool. Cool.
1: There's just one left.
0: Just one left.
1: The last one is about building character beats into the core loop of your game. But we're going to expand on it a little and say that you should actually build character beats into your stories and your sessions. Right?
0: Yeah, because core loop is like the thing that your characters do week to week. And so we want you to do character driven stuff week to week. But maybe not necessarily alter the core loop of the game.
1: Right. Like we just we just want that to be another through thread yes in the game itself, right? And when you've done all the other stuff that we were talking about to create the potential for this, which I th- I think if we go back and kind of talk about where we're going what we've really been talking about is creating the potential in the first two items and then creating like how do you encourage people to use it and pay that off in in the last one about mechanics and in this one which is just actually getting um the structure into your game right so this is the payoff
0: (laughs) creating the space right creating the yeah yeah. yeah, exactly
1: yeah so that's that's where we are now we have to create the space for character interactions and and you know, character-driven drama to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to let you speak to this one a little more because you're doing this in more than one game, right? But for example, um, in our Long Live the Queen game, we actually move through some phases um, kind of of play for every mission, right? We were talking about this, that um, in a lot of ways, Long Live the Queen is a, it's, it's, a little more action driven than a lot of the games that I personally run um, a lot because it is mission based and it's like a spy, a spy mission based game. Right. Like I go yeah. out and I do spy missions and spy things and I get information and sometimes I kick people's
0: asses. Right. And and yeah, so the core loop of this game is the mission yeah. right? Like your your job in this game is to go on missions. Now, the flavor of the mission uh, changes, yeah, changes. Uh, because that is um, consciously that's a beat thing, right? Yeah. Um, I change up what the the missions are because it kind of changes up what you do, right? So we've done like a protection one, and we've done um, we've done a, a rescue.
1: Yeah, I was gonna and, say, I had to save person. Yeah, an
0: agent in distress. You yep. you once had to save a um an asset mm-hmm. who got captured. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing a jailbreak right now.
1: I am, and we've right. done some like steal things, um, steal things, steal things. Mm, yep, get information. Yep, um, prevent an a new alliance. Um, yep, which worked for a little bit. They work yeah. their way through it, that's fine, so
0: <laughs> so yeah, so so the but the mission is the core loop of the game, like the thing that we come back to story after story is another mission there's a
1: mission, yeah, yeah, but between each of the missions, we yes. come back to. Aveline's actual life. Like her life is not mission based. She goes on all the missions. And of course, they're a large part of, you know, who she is as a person and how she lives and all of these things. Right. But she is also, um, you know, one of the two children running a major um, vineyard in France. And so she's got like the family business and she's in Paris managing essentially what we would think of as all of the marketing for like the family business while her brother stays on the vineyard and manages like the day-to-day like process and sales and shipping things out, right? Like, um,
0: she has a girlfriend who doesn't know she's a spy. I was going to say, I was like,
1: she's in a relationship (laughs) and a long, long long-term relationship with her girlfriend who doesn't know she's a spy. So that's complicated. (laughs) Um, what else? And then she has a couple of, um, they're, they're kind of long-term ongoing initiatives. I hesitate to call them missions. They may evolve into missions at some point.
0: I mean, you are developing, like, you are cultivating a set of assets.
1: Exactly. Like I'm cultivating relationships with other people that I need to be able to kind of milk for information in the future, basically, right? Like I'm cultivating these relationships so that they become contacts for me. Um, so I have a bunch of stuff that is character-based that I do between missions and before I'm off on another mission every time, like now we're up and sailing into Scotland at the moment, right? Like I'm very far away from that character based, um, personal life stuff. But before we started this mission, you know, I went and touched base on a lot of these character things, right? Like we actually build that into the structure of the game, um, in, in that between each mission, there's time for like those those character-driven story touch bases.
0: Yeah, and part of that is, um, so part of that's from a beat perspective. Um, part of that is also that like, Aveline doesn't go on a mission like every week.
1: No, that right? would be wild like, and people would right. notice.
0: <laughs> yeah, Aveline goes on a mission like once every couple months. Yeah. And so what we do with that time, um, and, and I guess I'll back up. When we say there are phases of the game, there are really there are like these unofficial phases of play. So um, I'll start at the end with the mission. Right. So there's always a mission. And when that mission ends, we then have a period of time where we go and visit Aveline's personal life. Yeah. And we wind up having a whole bunch of scenes. And it's usually a session or two where uh, we go through and kind of have scenes with all these different NPCs. Yeah. Then You get another mission. So there's always a scene where you are given the mission. Yep. And then there's a phase where there's like intelligence gathering and planning. Yep. And then there's execute the mission. Yes. Right. And then, and that loop, that's the core, that is the core loop of our game, right? That is the core loop of our game is as soon as that mission ends, we go back to visiting Aveline's life. Yep. We get another mission. We gather intel and plan. We execute the mission, we come back around.
1: Yeah. So I guess yeah. the key thing that we're steering into with having the conversation about it is we've built time and space for Aveline to have a non-mission life yes. where stuff is happening and she has a personal life um, and the characters that she has long-term commitments and, um, you know, relationships with, some of whom are like frenemies and stuff, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's kind of two unwritten parts to this, right? One unwritten part is um, when we are doing your personal life, all of your spy life is kind of in order. Yeah. Like there isn't things running amok and like being dropped because you are having personal scenes, right? Yeah. The, The world, like the spy world is okay while that's going on. And then conversely, when you are on the mission your personal life is okay yeah right until you return to, so it's like wherever your focus is that's the part that needs tending to and the other the other pieces are okay in you know when you're not paying attention to
1: yeah and I think the other thing just to mention is that doesn't mean there's no tension in the Correct. personal life stuff right like every time I'm on a date with my girlfriend there's things like you know she takes me to um she's recently gotten really into um sparring fencing fencing with rapiers and um so she was like this is this really cool like gym for like learning how to fence you should come with me sometime and then i'm having to pretend that i'm way less good at sword fighting than i am because i can fight with like anything but i also carry a rapier like that's my weapon of choice and so like I'm having to fence her but also try to hide the fact like I'm specifically having to like hide the fact that I'm really good at this and you know see how good I am at hiding that and that kind of thing right so there's there is tension in all of those moments
0: yeah, and not every scene, like some scenes are just... Some
1: scenes are just, are what they acted are. Acted out. And sometimes they do blend together where like, you know, my frenemy ends up also, she's, she's my nemesis from a different vineyard and our families have been enemies for years and years and years and years and years, and years right? And um, unfortunately, she's also gorgeous. So like, hate kissing, I guess, is where this has been going. But anyway, um, you know, so she ended up coming on the Queen's plane on this mission that we did to London. And, um, yeah, like, so there was like personal stuff on the plane in a weird way too, but it wasn't my responsibility to rescue her when things went terribly wrong,
0: right? Right.
1: Like, I was just like, okay. (laughs) get the queen yeah, out. Yeah, you like save the queen right. and then that save was the queen. it. That's that's my part of this is the mission is save the queen, right? Um yes. so uh but but you know it was also fun and cool and super awkward for me um when I rolled badly and developed some feels. Um Yes. Yes, you <laughs> took on the trait
0: caught feelings.
1: Yeah, that was pretty okay. funny.
0: So yeah, so what we're getting at here and and again i should say the same thing is true for my cyberpunk red game is that between the missions that these guys do there are personal scenes that i have worked into my prep yeah so i'm so basically what my prep looks like for uh, a new story of cyberpunk red is i have like a scene individual with every character on something from their past like out of, out of their life path. And then I drop onto them the job. Yeah. And then we play the job. And then at the end of the job, we, you know, start a new story and I, they all get a personal scene again. Yeah. And sometimes if the, not to get too picky here, but, and this is sometimes true for you as well. If I get to a part where the next session, I'm going to finish the job slash mission really soon, I will then put another set of personal yeah. scenes in for them to do that as well yeah sure. okay so to Carlos's point, we can do this as well in gamma world, which is we can have um whatever the action is, usually it's like exploration, like discovering old ruins and finding weird technology and stuff like that from the ancient from the ancient times, like we can have that, but before we have that. We can have personal scenes with all the characters based on their background, relationships, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. A- and that's it. Like, yeah, I don't, space. I don't, right. Yeah. I don't want to, um, <laughs> it's not a lot of, I don't want to say it, I don't want to trivialize it, but I also don't want to make it sound like it's like impossible, but going back to those four things, right. Creating, creating background elements, creating relationships, having some sort of mechanics that one I'm going to consider optional mm-hmm. and Putting space into your game to exercise those relationships and background is how you kind of take your action game and put some character driven elements into it. Yeah. And then you can calibrate that by what ratio, you know, in um, a given session or in a given story you want to give to each of those parts.
1: Yeah. How much time do you want to spend on it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's think, that's, I think that's That's, it. that's our advice. Yeah. Anyway, that's our advice us. on how to do this.
1: Hopefully that's helpful, even if it's a little late. Uh, I hope, again, that you had an awesome time at a catacomb. And thank you for the question.
0: And that your playtesting went well.
1: Yeah, I hope it went well. Yeah.
0: There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Cool. All right. You want to pack this thing up?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Awesome. All right. Um, In order for us to get to the um, end of the show, we have to first plow our way through plugging another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. What show are we plugging this week?
1: Well, this week we are plugging the Gnomecast, on which several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. I have to admit, I'm a little confused about the state of the stew pot these days. You just, you just, there's like two running around. I don't know. They There's lost one for a while. going to need to be like a
0: reset on the stew on pot the stew or something. Pot. I don't, I don't know, actually
1: yeah. know which one we're getting anymore, if it has the trap door or not. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yes. We could just bring our own pot.
1: Right. We could each bring our own pot and just either get in it or not get in it.
0: <laughs> we're all just sitting in pots, having a story.
1: <laughs> I sent you a TikTok about a cat that just sits in a pot. So... Anyway, if, if it
0: fits, it sits.
1: If it fits, it sits. It's orange. Yep. So astonishing. I, I know.
0: Yes. Uh <laughs> yeah. hey up where where is the one place? Where is the one place that people can find us if they want to find us on the internet?
1: Yeah, you can find all of our social medias as well as our email address and all the ways that you can contact us and find us if you go to misdirectedmark.com/slash panda. That's it. That's all you need to know. It has all of our personal stuff and all of the show stuff on it. Go find whatever you need.
0: If if it's listed there, that's where we want you to find us.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Good.
0: Very simple. Excellent.
1: Once you get there, what can you do with all of that information?
0: Uh, Much like Carlos, send us a question, a request, some information, something that you would like our input on. Again, if it's time sensitive, (laughs) it's not really going to be a good show topic. We'll try to answer, but just like break that out. Like send us time separate sensitive stuff separately. It'll help you in the long run. But in the meantime, for this show and for the purposes of this closing, send us your questions, things that you would like help on, anything that we can do to make your game more better fun. Like in Carlos's case, how can we have some more character stuff in our action game, right? More better fun. Okay. So when you do that, you send it to us. We throw it in a bin. I pick them out and we make shows out of them. That is the transaction by which how this, sh- this show operates.
1: Ooh, would you even say it's the core loop of the it show? It is the
0: core <laughs> loop of this show. That is an excellent, that is excellent terminology. It is a core <laughs> loop of this show. Um, Yeah, sorry, I totally, I totally threw you now. (laughs) Look, the benefits of this are the following. The more better fun that you have running your games, the more of these games you will run. And there are just benefits from playing in game mastering and just being in games in general. We want you to have those. So we want to make this a good time. So that's what we're here for. If you like what we do here on the Misdirected Mark podcast or elsewhere um, on other shows in this network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You get access to the Slack Room for Life. You can join us on Fridays. Um, Look, I'm just going to put a disclaimer on this. There's this gaming topic every Friday. Sometimes we have it. Sometimes we just chat about life stuff I was kind of obsessed about mambo sauce from McDonald's at the beginning of the last thing that's it really what we just a good portion of the talk anyway yep,
1: we talked about it a lot
0: sometimes <laughs> it's gaming oriented sometimes it's not sometimes so take it with a grain of sand mambo we sauce. we welcome everybody like if you if you're there and you're like I want a hardcore talk about games Maybe come in, listen, see how we're doing, drop in, drop out. And if you're, um, if you're just like, Hey, I, I would like to get to know these people. Like it's, it's actually a pretty good way to get to know us. Like you find out a lot about us in those, uh, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) um, access the patreon gets you into the slack room it also gets you into at the different tiers you can get into um things that um are parts of the other shows like all of the children of the shroud stuff is in one tier um the developer tier where chris is working on some game stuff you and i are working on some game stuff those things get put into that tier for people um for people to get access to as well okay if you are backing our Patreon campaign, thank you very much. Um, your support is greatly appreciated. If you're not able to back our Patreon campaign, we understand completely there's one more thing you can do, involves a little bit of your time, super helpful for us, and it has benefited several of you on this show. So, Sanda, what is that thing?
1: Yeah, you can um, tell a friend uh, on social media, especially when people post those, those tweets or skeets or posts or wherever you are um, that say things like, I'm looking for a new uh, show about TTRPGs and I don't want an actual play show. I'm just looking for something system agnostic. Cool, that's us. If you think that, that we is would be, literally us. If you think that we would be a good fit, we really appreciate it when you mention us to people because people really do come listen from that. But if you don't see any of those and you still want to help us out, you can also leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the Podcatcher of Your Choice. New reviews we get there really do help us from an algorithmic perspective to float the show up a little bit higher in the rankings when people look for things like TTRPGs. And so they still get us new listeners, which is just the thing that we love because, boy, if nobody was listening, we would eventually stop doing the show, I think. Probably.
0: Probably. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. know. Maybe we're just recording it for posterity, like, or, you know. Something. I don't know. Sure. I think we're doing it because some of you are definitely listening.
1: Yeah. No, I, it, um, it helps to know that somebody's actually really is actually listening because yeah. it makes it feel like there's a reason. Agreed. agreed. d'être. <laughs> Good.
0: Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's it your is turn. my turn. Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
1: like,
0: uh, say, Senda, um, when you get back, when Evelyn gets back to France, mm-hmm. um, who would you like to have a scene with?
1: Oh, I got to do the Menards, actually. I
0: haven't okay.
1: seen him in a while there we go yes this show is a joint production of she's a super geek and misdirected mark productions the media arm of encoded designs show me what got show me what you 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 got
0: Bloop! Yeah. Clicky. I think I'm like a second and a half. I'm like a half a second behind you on that.
1: I, that's okay. We're gonna give Ryan all the stuff to line yeah, us yeah, up. Yeah,
0: we'll do the alignment. Yeah. Section. In fact, we're gonna come in hot on this one, Ryan, only because I'm baking bread. <laughs> and <I need laughs> as to,
1: usual, we're going yeah, to timer. try to get this done before we're on the I have bread to, timer. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're on the bread timer, which happens, by the way, in case you haven't realized, it's almost every other Sunday is when I make yeah. bread. Okay. No,
1: every other and Saturday. It's
0: Saturday. Every other Saturday, correct.
1: Saturday. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, here we go. <laughs> All right. You ready?
1: Yeah.
0: All right, here we go. Bloop. Doot doot do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I would have taken a simple yes. The yes would have been Okay, that would have
1: been worked, but that's fine. Just give it one second while my front door closes. Okay, it was quiet. Okay. Okay. Bloop. Shit, hang on. I left my door open because my house was empty. My house is no longer empty. Give me just one second. Okay. Hi, welcome home. I'm recording. Bye. (laughs) Bloop. Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All <righty>. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> Professionals. All right, here we go. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show, Show me, me what
1: you, what you got. got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got.